Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Late night. What's up, Chalky? Do you remember Fuel TV? Dude, of course I remember Fuel TV. Fuel was epic. I know it is. But I have some exciting news. And what's up? Fuel TV is back. What? It's so sick. Yeah, back and better than ever. And they are the newest sponsors of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Yes, I love it. Thanks, Fuel. You know what the best part is? Of course I do. You can now get Fuel a whole bunch of different ways. You can subscribe to their new app called Fuel TV Plus and get their entire library of shows like Built to Shred, Danny and the Dingo, and Drive Through, and also their 24-7 channel, all commercial free. To subscribe, just go to plus.fuel.tv and download the app. The other way you can watch is Samsung TV Plus channel 1179. That way is free and includes the better than ever fuel TV that we all know and love. Skate, snow, and our favorite... Surfing. Surfing. Wow, Lyndon, that's pretty awesome. Really pumped. Hell yeah, it is. Welcome back, Fuel. Welcome back, Fuel TV. Foo Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Bonsai balls. They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck. They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations. And download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl, healthy, delicious. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it, I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing, only 100 calories, all organic, no sugar, also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. 
Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at iconiclife. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. This is a special podcast because where are we? Special podcast. We are at Kelly Slater Wave Pool in beautiful, sunny Lemoor, California. With? With? First off, thank you to Kelly Sorensen for bringing uh, Late Night with Chalky to Kelly's ranch and hanging out with... All these beautiful killer people yeah from our industry yeah and we're gonna sit here with randy adler from moondoggies hello randy adler and yes. uh, we appreciate your time i know you'd probably rather sip on a beer and sit out in the sun and <laughs> relax but uh you just got out of your session yeah. probably one of many today how was it it was excellent um thank you kelly slater um <laughs> hats off to you on that uh i was kind of reluctant about this place, but uh, it is Sucks a surfer's in. dream. Yeah. Surfer's dream, absolutely. And yeah. Randy, you've and been around the, the world, surfing. right? Yeah. Yes, I've been. I've traveled all around the world: uh, Australia, Indonesia, yeah. Maldives, South Africa, yeah, South America. So and this kind of goes right in there, right? Like, well, I'll tell you something. With COVID nineteen, this this is this is J Bay. <laughs> this is your surf trip. Yeah, it's a year. surf trip. Yeah. Two hours away. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we start talking more about your day here, let's go back in time and uh, so people can find out what Moondoggies is all about and how it started. But let's start at the beginning. Uh, where and when did you find surfing? Well, uh, at a young age, um, I nobody in my family surfed. I was from the Central Coast, San Luis Obispo, born and raised. Um, third born and gen- raised? Yeah, huh? third or fourth generation family. Uh, and I found the ocean uh, body surfing at Avila Beach, which is a closeout, and uh, was enamored by a few people that I saw surfing there occasionally and got hooked on, uh, on, a, on bodyboarding and then met a couple guys. Uh, Mark Lorbach was going to Cal Poly at the time. He used to be an old town and country rep. Yeah. And Mark uh, said, you got to get off that bodyboard and start surfing. So I didn't start surfing until the age of 16 or 17. Late, late blue. Late, yeah. And, but nobody was surfing that much in our area back yeah. then. And so uh, I what, got in What year is this? You th- uh, uh, that was in 78, okay. 77, 78 is when I started. Uh, quickly got my eyes opened up to a gentleman who had moved, recently relocated to the area, uh, became the best surfer in our area instantaneously. And you guys would know him as Dave Parman. Okay. Yes. He came from Newport Beach, and uh, he made a big move and came up to our area, and then he just started Parmy's Army. And I was kind of on the sidelines looking in all the time at that. And then, so he's from Newport originally, or was originally he from, from there? Newport. Originally from Newport. Okay, I didn't know uh, that. And then moved that. up, and uh, he held court in Cayucas Pier, and. Uh, so Dave kind of took me under his wing, and I started slowly getting better because he was so heads and tails above everybody. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, to be quite frank about it, I the first surf movie I ever went to, I told I lived uh, right down the the street. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about, all from the comfort of your home. 
isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. From the place called Vets Hall, and uh, I, I saw posters around town, and I went to my first surf, surf movie by myself, and it was uh, Free Ride. Cool. Free Ride. And the whole place was going bonkers, and there was kids in long hair and suntan, and I went, geez, i got to be a part of this. Yeah. This is so crazy. was that world going on and you, you didn't pick up on it yet? or The world was going on. I was just getting into Surfer Mags, but when Freeride came out and that Sean Thompson and uh, MR double barrel ride it off the wall, yeah. I lost my mind. Like, yeah. I had never in my life seen a wave at Honolulu Bay, the one that they, when MR was riding, I just went, oh my God, like there's a wave like that that exists? Because I'm in the Central Coast, the land of lead pipes. And yeah. what an impression it is when you see it on the big screen with that type of crowd and everybody's in awe. You got the sound, the music, it just just lifts, makes yeah. it so and, much bigger. And it's a lost, uh, that's a lost generation. Yeah. yeah. Because the hooting, like you said, the hooting, the hollering, the, the, the beer camaraderie. Beer on the ground. Beer balls on the, the ground, the weeds like, being, yeah. there's weed in the air. But everybody's there. <laughs> For the same reason, it's not like a bunch of strangers. You're part of like a group and a community, and you're you know you're right. you're, in, you're in the movie. So so Randy, when, when this movie hall that you went to, mm-hmm. you didn't know that you saw the posters in your neighborhood or your mm-hmm. city, and you're like, holy shit, I gotta see this. Yeah. Did did you expect to see that big of a crowd? Like, were you aware of the surf scene? I was just enamored with surfing. Like, I like probably you guys. I just look at magazines and stare at them and just yeah. be like, oh my gosh! Like these waves are incredible. Where is this? It, yeah. You know, surfing. Surfing taught me so much about geography of the world. Like, I knew geography from going to school, but yeah. surfing made me hone in on, gosh, where's Australia? And why do those waves? Why are they so good? Like, what is happening in that continent? that causes those waves to be that good and the water yeah. co- water color is so good. Yeah. So I got enamored with Australia, more so, so than Hawaii. So yeah. you're 16 when you first got into it, right? Yeah, 16, 17. And right. then you go to this movie and you're blown away. Right. But what I'm trying to, what I'm asking is like, you go to this movie, you're 16 years old, and you see all these people that are frothing and and just like you, mm-hmm. but you didn't know that that existed, right? Like, right. I, 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 yeah, isn't that kind of weird? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, no. I like just you knew discover that I... surfing and then you discover, fuck, there's a lot of people in my community that are... Yeah. And they might, they might not all be like, you know, avid surfers that go out every day, but I think with the lifestyle and the vibe, you know, and to just see a, a surf movie. And the, you know what? To be honest with you, a lot of these guys were cut. 
Yeah. Like, you know, you could tell they, they were not just like some fly-by-night, hey, I'm working an 8-to-5 job. These guys lived and breathed surfing. Yeah. They all had neck tans. You know, not all, but a lot of them, yeah. the long hair. And I was just like, God, I, I want to be a part of this. Like, yeah. this is insane. They're like gypsies. They're they like, like nomads. They modern-day Indians, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah. And there's something raw about that, the energy. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny that you remember that distinctly. No, it was really, that was really a... So that, that night, you were like, I'm going to fucking do yeah. what these guys do. Yeah. And so then... Um, you know, I went to, I did the whole thing, went to Cal Poly. Um, I never really. So did you, did you get into like competitive surfing? No, never. I, I was never into competitive surfing, even though Dave was, I just kind of observed it. It wasn't for me. Yeah. You know, I think I started too late and I just, I knew, I mean, I could just tell like Parmenter was so far ahead of, of my ability that I just knew there was, you know, just to be a part of his, his deal. And, and Dave and I became really, really close friends. Went through a lot together. Um, Are you guys the same age? Yeah, we're the same age. He's okay. about a half a year older, maybe. Okay. And um, that was his brother here too. Yeah, John. John was there too, and you know that's a whole another story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dave, Dave and Bam Bam are like, you know, they're they're like the exact. Oil and they're, water. they're like they're like Felix Unger and the Odd Couple. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like two different animals to this day. Hey, it's too bad that we got the other Parmenter in Huntington. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like. Well, you, know, you should have said that. Dave, yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave actually used to be embarrassed when he would go. We would go down, and uh, he, Dave would go see Rusty and do his deal, you know, in shape, and and then would stop off and see Bam Bam. And what was that shot that he was at? Those guys were gnarly. In there. Chuck Dent. Chuck Dent. The, uh, the uh, Randy Lewis or Chuck Dent? No, it wasn't that. It was George's. Uh, no. Uh. Uh-uh. It was. Uh, the way John used to sell boards, he'd be like, oh, whoa, whoa, what, you want a board? And people would come in, and they, I got to witness it. He's like, you're not going to get any ways if you don't buy a board from us. And it was just gnarly. And I was like, yeah. he, was Dave, ring, he was a ringleader at, yeah. the, at the, the pier for sure. Yeah. So it wasn't was Chuck Dent, it was it, was no, it Sunline? It was Rockin' Fig! Rockin' Fig! Yeah. And, yeah, that's it. I remember that. Yeah. And so Dave, Dave would be, oh, I've had enough of this. Let's get out of here. And he'd be so pissed because he yeah. didn't, Dave was the anti of that. Yeah. yeah. Dave would get mad, but he wouldn't, you know, ever. Anyhow. Yeah. Different, different personalities. Yeah. Right. So uh, I graduated from Cal Poly in 84. Um, what was your major? Business? Business. Yep. And then um, I took a trip around the world with a, a good friend of mine who. So backtrack once yeah. a little bit. So. Sure. 16 years old, got into surfing, didn't mm-hmm. really um, do contests. Did, did you go on a surf trip before then or soon um, after? I went, on, I went over to Hawaii and then uh, did, I used to drive down from the Central Coast to the tip of Baja in my VW bus every, every summer. Like, like Cabo Cabo. Yeah, like all the way to the tip. You know, and just do the, do the uh, stop-offs, uh, surf all the spots on the way down and then yeah. hang out the tip for... And we used to camp on the beach. Easy back then, huh? Easy back then. Camp on the beach, and nobody said a word, and you just surf all day, and there was nobody there. Just a couple of uh, adult magazines to get to the, uh, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. To the the checkpoint boys. Yep. Keep on going. Nothing to see here. Yep. (laughs) They've got nothing. They've got nothing. But a Playboy magazine? Oh, my gosh. They were gold. Golden. Yep. Yeah, uh, we actually did that in San Ignacio. <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah. So part of part of uh, for me, part of surfing was seeing the world. Yeah. yeah. 
and that's been the, me the best educational experience for me as a, as a human. And to be able to surf waves, I mean, I... I just, you're, you're, you're killing like two birds with one stone. You really you get are. To experience the world, but then you're, you're going... The reason you're there is to surf, and what you get out of that is just like... Absolutely. It's everything. And, and, and that's why um, I've kind of... I mean, I understand the boat trip deal, yeah. and I've done it, and, I, and they're great, but to be immersed in the culture of people. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's too, uh, too like in a bubble, I think. You don't really get to be with the actual people. Like, I love going out to Burley Heads and being in a lineup with the Aussies. Yeah. You just feeling the vibe and seeing what they're all about and, and surfing, mixing it up with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's, there's different spots, different surfs, different countries that all have their own, like, uniqueness. And Absolutely. it could be the culture and the food or whatever. Maybe the, the surf isn't as high caliber. Or you might go Mentawis, which is you know, part of a remote island chain, which you're not going to get that much interaction, but you're going to have like the perfect wave. So right. I always, when people always ask me like, Hey, what's your favorite spot? And I'm like, well, that's really hard to give you a, a one. Well, it depends, you know, right. like I like the culture here and the food and the hospitality and the landscape. And well, I like it with the wave over here, but you know, like there's so mm. many different, but this aspects. show is not about it Jay Larson. Is. It late always night. is. The show is about Randy Allen. We're, we're relating about yeah, we're relating. And, <laughs> travels. And you know, I, I think, didn't do as much traveling as I did. That's why he's a little jealous. So what? <laughs> I, I, I think part of the, uh, part of what we're losing in our surf culture, if we can maybe skip to the, the business, because yeah. Jay, you're in the business. Yeah. I'm in the business. What about me? Sometimes. You're in the business. Sorry. Jeez. He is the business. You are a business. Um, is the fact that corporate America does not belong in the surf industry. Nope. And they don't understand the DNA. They don't understand that culture we just talked about. And if corporate America takes and buys every one of these companies, then it's hollowed out. So... I believe that there will always be an underground company that has DNA from a surfer that will lead the charge. I don't care. And, well, it's yeah. happened and it's... And, I think and, it evolves. It, it, it does. Something percolates and something replaces... Something that It's the circle of life, right? right? It's a circle of life, a, a, a life right. cycle of a brand. Right. Um, luckily, you know, there, there are brands, even though they, they, they go corporate, they go full, in, quoting from the movie, uh, what's that movie? Full retard. They go full yeah. retard, right. but then they come back. Right. Yeah. Right? Hopefully. Well, right. Not always, but. Yeah, you know, it's, you got bigger, as you get bigger, you know, you got more obligations and bigger problems and everything. Right. And that's just kind of the natural, you know, a state of business. But the. Okay, let's reel it back though. But the fundamental, let's, let's go back to but the fundamental is just you know, you need to keep it authentic and you know, yeah. and as long as a brand invests in that youth and the culture right. and brings up that next generation, they could stay relevant. Yeah, you right. know. So so Randy, going back, you go to school for business, right? Cal yeah. Poly. You graduate. Did some traveling. And then you went on a world tour. After yeah. you well, not not a world tour. I just did. Uh, that's my son. Um, I just did um, New Zealand. I hitchhiked through New Zealand with a surfboard. And what? Yeah. Back then, you could just. I got off the plane and put my thumb out, and my first stop was Raglan. 
<laughs> and then I camped on the I camped at the inside of Raglan. Did, uh, did somebody point. tell you to do this, or you just did? Oh, no, we I, I we did our homework, you know, and and uh, oh, he went down so hard. Uh, we did our we did our homework, and my buddy and I we got off the plane, we, we put our thumb out, got a ride. They asked where we're going. And the guy go goes, like, I can give you a ride to Hamilton, <laughs> and we said perfect. So we got a ride to Hamilton, stayed at the youth hostel, and then hitched a ride out to Ragland the next day and set up camp. Yeah. Stayed there for a week. Got a good swell. It was great. So you you did your homework before you you yeah. you knew where where to go. You had roughly, your map. Yeah, I, we like, knew where the hostels you, were. Yeah, um, and so we were dirtbagging it, you know. And everybody was great, you know. Older people would pick us up. They'd make us tea and cookies and have a little break. It was it was all time. And then That's we sick. got to we did that. And then we went to Australia, bought a car, and went from uh, Joanna all the way up to Noosa Heads. Wow. And it was insane. And then we um, met a couple of guys that were uh, California guys, draft dodgers uh, from Vietnam that were living in Crescent Heads. And uh, my friend knew him. And the guy told us about this wave in Indonesia called Neos. And we were trying to get there. And so we, uh, we went to Bali in 84. Damn! And we took a... Nothing was on that damn island? <laughs> Well, you're going to love this. So our idea was to go to Neos. We were in Bali, and we were surfing the Uluwatu, Penang, and those places in Greenwalls. And then um, we were told about Nusulambagan, which is an island on the other, um, just close by. Yeah. So we went, and we, we paid as little money as we could and got a dugout canoe with a group of Indonesians. And we're planning on going to Nusulambaga, and halfway across the channel, the boat sank. Oh, it got filled. The water got rough, and it got the, the dugout canoe had By a the boards. small horsepower motor. Yep, and uh, you're in the middle of the ocean. We were in the middle between Bali and Nusulambangan, and the thing just took on. How water. many miles do you think that is? It's I don't know five, maybe six more. I think it's I, I don't even yeah, know. it's hard. Pretty yeah. fucking far though. Pretty yeah. far. You couldn't see. You couldn't distinguish. You could see the both the lands, but you couldn't distinguish like features, yeah. right? And. Uh, so after figuring that out, that the Balinese didn't know how to swim, and there was kids on the boat, it was pretty traumatic. It was dramatic. Wow! And my buddy and I, we just grabbed our boards and told those, told the people on the boat, we'll try to get you help. And we yeah. got to, I just told my buddy, I go, hey, it's either us or them. Yeah. What are you going to do, hang on the boat? And there's no Coast Guard. So we paddled back and... Um, you long, paddled back to Bali? Yeah, because we, uh, well, our stuff was floating back towards Bali. So I told go my buddy, let's go that way, yeah. go with the current. And get some nasty rip through there because of the surf. You know, the That's surf what I've heard. And God was looking over us because, yeah. honestly, we paddled for about five hours straight. And we made Fuck. it. And we landed yeah. uh, just in a remote beach in Bali and um, just negotiated the weird reef that presented to us and uh, got in at, at right at dark. And just started walking down the beach and found a, a hut with a light on, with a like a burning, you know, some guy was burning wood. And from there, it was kind of an di- absolute disaster. But um, long story short, we, you know. More we got, of a disaster we, than that? Well, I mean, there's no communication process, you yeah. know, because when you're that far removed from Bali, nobody speaks English. Yeah. You know, so it's just like drawing pictures of what happened. We all we have is board charts and a surfboard. They're like, Who, where the hell did you come from? Yeah, we just had a boat sink on us. And yeah, like, and how do you how do you tell about. that? You know. Yeah. And then you know the police got involved and they pretended to like they were going to do a rescue and they're 
Balinese are they're neat people, but they're they believe there's spirits in the water yeah. at night, so they don't they don't do any rescues at night. Yeah. Anyhow. So you think these people perished? Uh, I I really couldn't tell you. So, so gnarly. Yeah. I, That's I a traumatic fucking traumatic. experience. It is traumatic. But you know. You, so I kind of somebody told me this story, uh-huh. and I can't remember who. Not the, I don't not, tell. I honestly don't tell the story very often. Well, you me I mean, right why would you? Yeah, but no, it's not. It's just not. It's not good. It's not good. Um, but I, I heard somebody tell me about it, and I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy." Yeah, yeah you should ask him about it. I'm like, yeah. "Sure, why not?" You know. But right. wow. So sorry to hear that. No, sorry to hear that. You know, it builds character, right? Yeah. And you, you face you face you just know like, hey, well, anything can happen. And, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm either. So you, you yeah. almost went to jail in Bali. Well, they did put us in like a semi-cell because they didn't know what the hell was going on. And they're like, we better hold these guys till we get yeah, a translator till we get to more, figure it out. Right, and then they then they had a translator and they came and it was you know it wasn't like a jail. It was just we were confined, couldn't leave. Yeah. So jail. all you had was your board shorts that you were wearing and a surfboard and your surfboard. Yeah. So all your shit. No, well, so my passport and uh, the majority of my money we left at our Lasman. Because we knew we were just going there for four days, so we, you know, we lost some money, but yeah. nothing that yeah. be, wasn't like. Thank God time. that you didn't bring, bring it, it all. Right, exactly. So anyhow, um, <laughs> so the best part about the story is we get get out of Indonesia. We blow off Nias after that, and we decide to go to Australia. And it was either go to Cactus or the guy who gave us a Nias tip said, "Hey, I'll give you another tip. There's a place in." Fiji, and um, we call it Tavarua, and... Um, what? Yeah, and he goes, stay at this youth hostel, and um, there's a guy named Scott Funk, and I forget the other guy's name, and he, he goes, um, they're trying to take over the island, but they haven't taken it, I don't think they've taken it over yet, and it's a perfect left. And he goes, stay at this hostel, inquire. And then get a and get get, boat get yourself there. a boat. They'll get you a boat and go out there and surf it. And they weren't talking about cloud break. They were talking about restaurants. Restaurants. Yeah. So we said, okay, it's either a cac- we either go to Cactus or go to go check this place out in Fiji because we had like two stops on our way home. And so my buddy and I were just like, well, let's try Fiji. So we go to Fiji, stay at this hostel, ask about the boat. The guy at the hostel goes, you can't surf out there anymore. I'm like why? And he goes, because we these guys bought the island wow. and so I was like holy mackerel I go where are those guys and he goes well they come every day into this cove right here and you can go talk to them and see if they'll give you a ride out there so um, the other partner got hurt and Scott Funk was there working and um, is it John Roseman no before Roseman and so uh, the guy lives at, he was I know he was living at the ranch for a while the other partner so we went over and talked to Scott Funk, blonde hair guy, you know, and uh, I said, I, I, I went with my other buddy had left at this point, and so I went with an Aussie guy, and uh, we went over and talked to him and said, hey, uh, can we, uh, we, we heard about a wave off of this, off this island called yeah. Tarua, and uh, can we surf it? And he goes, only if you help me with these, unload all these uh, cinder block. Yeah, goes, perfect. And I said, no problem. So uh, we loaded up. And he looked at the guy and he goes, you Australian? And the guy goes, yeah. And he goes, you're the reason why we bought this island. And the guy's like, what? 
And he goes, it's you Aussies that were defecating all over this island that the Fijians were going to shut it down. So we made a deal with them. We had the money that we would buy the island. Keep everybody out and keep and, and clean it up, yeah. keep people from shitting on it, and we'll provide the habitat. And that's how Tavaru is. Shut the front door. Wow. Swear to God. And so we were, we, this guy, Ozzy guy and I said, okay. and Not the fact that there's two perfect waves on it. Right. So, <laughs> well, so, they knew there was good waves on it, but. Yeah. yeah. So we um, unloaded all these cinder block for the guy. And then Scott stayed on the island. And he goes, this guy, this, this guy, my Fijian's ready here. He'll, he'll take you surfing. And we go, okay. We, did we get to surf that way right there? And he goes, it's not big enough. But we saw this left, you know, restaurants is like two feet. Just, uh-huh. just, just like, and that's the spot you came there ever seen in my That's life. what you heard. That's yeah. the way. That's what like, you came well, there. Where else yeah. are we going to go? Yeah. And I said, well, okay. And he goes, but he'll take you to another wave called, we call it cloud break. Wow. And we're like, okay. So, so they already had the names for the, for the, yeah. well, restaurants probably didn't come until later. Actually, he had photos. Swear to God. He goes, we just had, I think it was Jerry Lopez. He goes, we just had, he goes, look at these photos. And he, he showed us the mock-up with a surfer magazine cover of the boat, jumping off the boat. The guy jumping off the boat? And uh, almost positive, Jerry Lopez getting piped. Wow. And he had those photos. And he goes, this is what's going to be coming out in about three months. Dang. And we were just like, what? So this guy, this Fijian kid, takes us out to cloud break. And he goes, there you go. And he didn't speak English either. He's just like, that's it. And I look at this Australian guy, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's right. It was two foot, and it was six foot There out was there. no tower, and yeah. it was like six foot. And I'm just like, where the hell do you even line up? And You're like goes, one of the first fucking people No, those surfing. guys were, no, there was underground crew surfing Tarua yeah. before all this. Because yeah. there was guys living there shitting on that island that made the Fijians pissed off. Oh, that's yeah. why they're going to close it all down. So the underground travel world, there was groups of guys already going, like. So I'm not claiming that at all. Yeah, but um, but you were. I mean, but we got lucky, and so we got out there, and I never saw that guy again. The Australian? No, that lineup is so huge. Yeah, like I barely, like in the distance, I saw him, but we were basically surfing alone, with getting these bombs on our head, just getting walked. With no no tower, nothing, no yeah. nothing to line up. You're just like, where the hell am I? Yeah, huge huge laugh. But you like got some good ones. Of, yeah, we got some good ones, but it was scary. It was yeah. just like, what? And you're in the middle of the ocean. So yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, crazy. So these the Fijian kid just dropped you off and said he hung out there in the channel, but it wasn't like Drew or those guys just like you know yeah. ready to yeah. It the was fact weird. that you yeah. met these Australians that gave you a tip on Nias and then mm-hmm. a tip on this, like wow. you would have never no. got running into something. Nias wasn't even on the radar at that point. It was so underground. Yeah. yeah, and he just goes, hey, you got, you might have to deal with malaria and you should take Thanzadar, which is a drug that, that the Vietnam soldiers have been taking for, in, for malaria. And so we went to a, we went to a place in, uh, a health place in Australia and they prescribed us Fantadar, so we were taking this malaria drug. Were you getting crazy hallucinogenic? Like It was just weird. weird. The whole thing's weird. It, it, that was when Bali, I mean, that's when, when you would drive, when you would uh, get motorcycles and then drive out to Uluwatu and um, kids would come up to you and say, me carry Jerry Lopez board, me carry your board. Yeah. You know, they had board caddy kids. Yeah. And they'd walk you down the trail. And, gosh, I went back to Bali 30 years after that uh, i was there in 84 i think i went with my wife in 2005 or something and i i wanted to cry yeah, yeah. the surf culture really screwed that place up yeah it bastardized it 
pretty oh, hard. Yeah. Well, you think about that everywhere we go. I know. Surf, we, surfing we, has, there's spots. Capitalism. Yeah, there's, there's spots that would have never, without surfing, they would have never flourished. Yeah. Yeah. They would have been desolate and empty because there was nothing there. There's yeah. a good and bad. There's a good bad, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It, it's pretty amazing. But so, there it's, yeah. It's but, but the one thing that you can always, the one thing that I always think about is surfers, whether we knew it or not, we were picking the best microclimates in the world yeah. to surf, whether it be Noosa Heads, Byron Bay, Jay Bay. Yeah. You know, those places, if we would have all bought property back in the 80s oh at every God. single one of those spots, we'd be, we'd be billionaires. We, we would be. Tell us later. We would have one of these spots in the back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But think about that. All the property, Malibu, Rincon, yeah. you know, El Cap. Could you imagine like just it's crazy. all those perfect point breaks have great microclimates. Yeah. yeah. So, so going back to your trip around the world. Mm. So you started off in New Zealand. You were going to go to Nias, but then you went to Bali. Then you got... Well, almost, we did. We you did almost Australia, died. New Zealand, yeah. Australia. Awesome. Yeah, New, New Zealand, Australia, yeah. Bali. You almost died in Bali. Yeah, came back, then decided to go to Fiji. Went to Fiji. And then came home. And then came home. Right. So how, how yeah. long of a stretch was that? How many months was that? That was about eight months. Fuck. And um, I came back, and my dad had a car dealership in San Luis Obispo. My grandfather sold Lincoln Merc- or had a Lincoln Mercury dealership, and he kind of, my dad took it over, and I just kind of lost, like I was spun out because I had seen so much of the world and I knew I wanted to be, like I saw Billabong yeah. in 84 down in, Australia, uh, down in Australia, it wasn't even in the United States at that point. And I was like, holy crap, like, what were you aspiring to be? I, I wanted to be, I saw the lifestyle of the Aussies. My biggest influence in my entire life was Australia. And I loved the Aussies, surfing was not, a big deal. Yeah. It was part of the NBA. Yeah. You know, you could pick up a newspaper, the Sydney Morning Herald, and see Mark Richards doing it off the top and go, yeah. what the hell? Like, yeah. it, this it country embrace- embraces the sport of surfing. Yeah. And I, uh, I love that about Australia. Yeah. And I love their carefree attitude. I love their camaraderie in the water. They were never dicks. They, but if you weren't good, you didn't get waves. My first time I paddled out at North Narrabin. I was paddling right next to a guy, a, a local, and I started paddling for the waves, and he looked at me straight in the eye, and he goes, fuck off, mate. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, I didn't, you know, but he kind of gave me a wink. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, I, get I get it. it. Yeah. I get it. Like, you know, this is, they're not fucking around here. Fuck off, mate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so there's but that, thing, But that's respectable you know it's, it's respectable. not like you, you get like oh i'm in a house with this guy it's like hey i'm in their spot yeah and right right and i check. and i used to hang out at burley heads um and peter harris uh he was a mailman at burley heads and a damn good surfer and his brother uh, i think it's Dwayne harris they kind of ruled burley and um i got to actually um kind of just you know get in there not that i know them or anything but just the respect the head nod and and one of his buddies like hey that was a great session let's go to the pub yeah Yeah. you know that's like a compliment so it's like but you only get that respect and acceptance if you surf well 
Right. Right. Yeah. And your respect. So you're you're helps. You're surfing validated you to be a cool guy to hang out with. But but isn't that the beauty? Is, that helps. It's totally, totally, right? Yeah. But Jay, that, that, yeah. isn't that the beauty yeah. of, of surfing? Is because, yeah. I mean, let's face it. I, I've been to Italy. I love Italy. Yeah. But where do you get invited to somebody's house? Surfers, surfers they're very, are... Yeah. They're very open. We're, and We when, tend to really bro down. Don't if, you think? If we, yeah, totally. Like, yeah. we, we want to... We want to become more of a friend than other people. Mm. That you, you become a tribe, well, you, right? You, you have something in common, you know. Like right. like you say, you go to Italy. Like, what do we have in common? Like, I don't know. My my passion is surfing, and if you right. have find somebody that surfs, and you come have, over here and cook, you have, you have something to like talk <laughs> yeah. about, right? But but surfer, and if you said, oh, I'm from America, like, yeah, you should come stay at my house and come. I'll show you the coast here, right? And it just opens up so much opportunity and doors yeah. if you're cool, right? And if you rip, Woo! And, yeah. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, that we as surfers understand is that it's a it's not just a california culture it's a worldwide culture oh, for sure yeah. and once you enter it you know you're you're part of the tribe yeah so so going back mm -hmm. to your youth um you graduated college you came back from your world surf mm -hmm. and you, you were oh i was telling you about my dad yeah the car dealership so i decided to go sell cars it's family business yeah family right? business. You know. and because um, you might take over right no, I never wanted to take it over. But that's what but your grandfather just, and dad probably right. thought. And, and, and um, I just... What was it called? Uh, Corda Motors. And so um, I, I enjoyed it because I looked at selling cars as helping people like find the right vehicle with the, you know, not, put, not try to bury them and just what, figure what, out... Sorry to cut you off, but what was your first job before? Oh, geez, I did a ton of stuff. I was, uh, I was a dishwasher. I was... Uh, Busboy. Um, then I worked construction and got a job doing a bridge job up in Truckee. Sick. Was up there for like four months, you know, just making money. That's how I got to travel. Yeah, yeah. Because so you, I, I made. That's I how you made money. To go yeah, it was, it was a union job. I was making twenty bucks an hour as a laborer in Truckee, build doing a bridge job. That and was good money. Yeah, I got back then. It was great money, and yeah. I set me up for eight months of travel. Yeah. Yeah. So um, hustler. Yeah, I was just, I, was, I had good work ethic. I, yeah. I delivered papers. I was a paper boy. I was just going to say, that was the common first first job yeah, before, I mean, before you get hired at 15, Think about 16. that. Think about that. That's been taken away from kids. Yeah. I, I used to have to get my papers, fold them, you put know, them in a bag, put, put them in a bag, get on my bike, and go and deliver 150 papers every afternoon. And then once a month, I had to go around and collect. I had to say, you owe me $3.20. Yeah. And some people would let me in their house and I'd just go, oh my God, it smells so bad in here. But you'd have to just bear it, you know, and get your three fifty. But that taught you so much. That was on your own business. And then when it rained, you had to put them in the sleeves. Good point. That was the nightmare. Yeah, and I'm bummed that our, I'm so bummed that our, that that, I just feel There's so many kids. things that kids, us growing up, yeah. took for granted, and then right. you look back and like, "Fuck, man!" Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, so so you started selling cars. Yeah. You hated it. Yeah, I didn't like it. Okay. And then, um, did you ever work at a surf shop before? No, you, you'll love this. So I um I told my, my dad, my old man said, "Hey, I got some person from down south that wants to buy the dealership," and I said, "Great, you know, I don't want, I don't want, I wouldn't want this thing." 
And he goes, well, the benefit is if you ever wanted to do something on your own, I could maybe co-sign a loan for you. So I told him I wanted to open a surf shop. He goes, geez, what are you talking about? Like he had no idea. He knew I surfed, obviously, but yeah. he didn't. Understand. He didn't know the So how long, didn't know how the long were you percolating on that idea? Of I've been percolating on it since basically when one. I graduated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to be a part of everything. Yeah. And uh, so anyhow. Um, Did you talk to any shops? Or? Well, he said, you got to go get your feet wet somewhere. So then Mark Lowerbach, the guy that I, who got me off bodyboarding, uh, he was a rep for Town & Country and HIC, I believe. And, and those brands were fucking huge. They were then. huge. Remember yeah. Thriller Gorilla? Yeah. yeah. Stickers? <laughs> I, I wore, I wore yeah. a TNC shirt, I think, in my yeah. third, fourth, and fifth grade like, photo, you know, the school right. photo. Right. And I kept, like, lifting up, so I, I got photos of, like, a half, the half the... I was like, I want this shown. Dude, how was the board shorts, though? The yin and yang yin board shorts. Yin and yang, yeah. yeah. And, and it was... Uh, Larry Bertelman. Larry Bertelman. Dude. It was yeah. fucking Danky Aloha. Yeah, the boys. Randall yeah. Kim. You're like, dude, town yeah. and country. I don't know shit. if Buttons was town and country, but you know, you might as well throw him in there. Yeah, dude, they were. The they were shit. rocking it. So um, there was a guy up in, he goes, go, aren't you? He kind of. Uh, what shops gave me did a, you go to back then? He kind of gave me a gnarly curveball. He goes, and this guy's from freaking Newport. And yeah. Mark was, and he's like, you should go to work for Ghost Gate up in Ghost skate. Uh, Santa Cruz. Ghost skate. Yeah, okay. and it was a hardcore skate company. Yeah. And so I went up there and they sold a couple boards, but I just kind of learned. Um, Retail, like. Little, learned kind of, yeah, a little bit. I actually didn't learn much from it, but <laughs> I just was around it and I was just over it. And it's like, I got to come home and do my own thing. So, so um, Ghost skate in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Did they have surfing surf shops? A little bit. They, had, they were like right on the wharf, you know, uh, yeah. the marina, I should say. Um, they were a hardcore skate company, really. What, was it just doing a lot of volume and that's what he wanted you to see? or I don't know. To be honest with you, I think he was a big T&C dealer at the yeah. time. And yeah, he did a lot of volume there. But um, yeah, that you was... Still, I mean, T&C crushed it everywhere back then. Right, the yeah. right. So um, anyway, I came home and, and uh, the first thing I did was... There was really only one surf shop in town called Central Coast Surfboards. And, CCS. Um, the first CCS. Yeah, right? CCS. And that's who Parmenter kind of rode for, which I was aware of. And uh, Surf and Wear, which is the beach house, had a location in San Luis as oh, well. Oh, wow. So well, I, that's Santa Barbara. Huh? Yeah. Santa Barbara. Yeah. Okay. And you know, Sam George uh, used to work. Sam George, Craig Coleman, Todd Potter, they were all at the beach house. Or sorry, at Surf and Wear. And Parmenter was at CCS. So it was this kind of, it, Matt George worked with Dave at CCS and Sam George and Komen worked at, um, at Surfingware. And so anyway, their town was getting redeveloped and I called up Roger and I said, Who's hey, Roger? Huh? Who's Roger? Owner the of owner of Be- uh, oh. Beach House slash Surfingware. Yeah. yeah. And said, hey, would you be interested in selling? Um, I, I want to open up a shop in San Luis and you know he was kind of a silent guy I mean he was up there but not very much and he said no I'm shutting that shop down so perfect I was like timing. perfect I just wow. gotta find a spot so I found a spot and um, had no line so you didn't take up for his yeah, no lines. Lines. He, just, yeah. he just knew there was going to be a vacancy right. no extra competition he, he, he wasn't interested yeah. in selling and he was closing down and I said okay great so I uh, got Todd Potter was my first employee he used to work at Surfingware and um we we opened up the shop in on Monterey Street, and uh, the uh, the guy who really went to bat for me was uh, 
I think it was Griffith, John Griffith. He used to be the Quicksilver rep, and Quicksilver was the one company, gotcha, blew me off, because wow. they were doing too much business with CCS, and Quicksilver went to bat, and then I went to, because they backed me, I like stocked so much at Quicksilver, and uh, that's how it kind of started. Yeah. And then, you know, they were, I built a relationship with Bob, and it was just great. It was yeah. back in the good old days, and then back. Willie Morris took it over. When God did you start it? Huh? When did you start the shop? 86. 86. Yeah. So two years of after right. kind of graduating. Uh-huh. Okay. Two years after the trip. And back then, is it, and it's still to this day, like, you know, you got distribution issues, and it was just like that back in the 80s. Back then, it was st- even tougher to yeah, open I couldn't up. get I couldn't get Stussy. I couldn't get Gotcha. Those yeah. were the two best brands probably back then. But yeah. Quicksilver but, was a nice third. But it, you get one and the others. Right. Bill along came yeah. right along. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so uh, it's, Chip. Chip Wilson. You remember Chip Wilson? I remember Chip. Is it Chip Wilson? Uh, no. Chippa? Chip, uh, Chippa no, Chippa. Chippa yeah. 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 Billabong. Yeah. Dude, yeah. What was his last name? Ch- uh, Chip Roberts? Well, do you know that Chip... Chip Roland. Chip Roland. Yeah. Do you remember... That guy... That guy... He was a fucking the story, hustler. The story wasn't really told properly. That guy, Chip, was the... He was like me, a surfer traveling in Australia and saw Billabong kind of going off and he's the one who forged a relationship with Gordon Merchant. Yeah. And then got Bob Early involved. Yeah. But, but Chip was... Chip came in with his curly hair and just a duffel bag of Billabong swag and he goes I'm here and I'm like oh, I love Billabong give it to me you know and so he was like what you already know about this I'm like yes you know so God, cool. this is insane so Chip was a great rep great guy really good surfer so backtracking sorry this guy always you, back you, you, yeah. you oh, decided sorry. to open up a surf shop uh-huh. did you did your did you have to get a loan from your dad yes yeah, so my dad co-signed on an $80,000 note did he give you did he ask you for a business plan? Yeah, I gave him a little business plan. Yeah, yeah half-assed it. Yeah. yeah, you know, I just said, hey, the demand's here. Surfing's growing. The, in, yeah. Look at the, you know, he kind of showed him the clothing thing. Here's what I off. could make yeah. a month. Yeah. This is my expectation. Here's my overhead, yeah. and you know, because obviously your dad is a businessman. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna look for the most part just because he's your you're his son. Uh-huh. He he's got to like have a lookout on his investment. Yeah, and I showed right. him my logo, which again, I mean, that in itself is a big deal. That's, How did you come up with the name? Well, Moondoggies, I came up with the name. We went through some history books with a guy named Bill Stansfield, who's a graphic artist, a longtime friend of mine. And uh, we were looking through history books and Moondoggies being um, Gidget, you know, from yeah. the Malibu days, yeah. right? And the movies was catchy. Yep. So we liked that. And then the most important thing though, out of and I, and I still, I feel so good about this. I picked the image of Tom Blake. Yeah. And the surfing world has literally forgotten about this man. This man, Tom Blake, was from Wisconsin. He was an Olympic swimmer that met Duke Hanamoko, and they were both uh, Olympic swimmers together. And that guy got on a clipper ship and went over before planes and went to Hawaii and hung out with Duke and the, bro- and, his bo- and the boys and got into surfing. And he was the first man to put a fin on a surfboard. What? I, yeah. I heard this story, but it's funny. I'm glad you, you, you uh, brought that up. And I knew that that was Tom Blake on your logo. Yep. 
people think, oh, that's you. No, it's not me. I'm not yeah. vain, dude. Yeah. Like no, that is Tom Blake and and the that, of the surf fan. Yeah, the first guy to ever put a fan on a surfboard, and he, uh, it, you got to read the book about him. Yeah, it's amazing. This guy hung out with Hawaiians, was accepted. And not only that, but you know, he put the fin on, and then he, he when planes started coming to Hawaii, he was over it, and the surfing blew up, and he just like checked that back out to you, back to the mainland, and lived the summers in Wisconsin, and would drive down in a van, like a panel van, in, between Nevada and California, and just hang out at that borderline down there. I forget the actual town, and just was a vegan or vegan, and he just wow commune yeah. And was on his own. Never had kids. Was wow. married. Got divorced. Had no lineage. So you know, to put a character like that in your logo and yeah. not have anybody come back and just go, dude, like you're using my, you know, paying homage to yeah. those that you know. So I just feel really. I feel like I feel like honestly, like somebody was looking out for me because I didn't know any better about using an image. Yeah. But second of all, I almost feel like I'm. We're paying homage to. Yeah. Totally. To. Who should be paying homage to? Yeah, you know, I hear Tom Blake every once in a great while because mm-hmm. I mean, in that era, and you know, mm-hmm. it's Duke Kahanamoku. All absolutely, and, it, and rightfully should be. Yeah, yeah. and he, he didn't come up from a surf culture, you know, California, you know, Californian, you know, mm-hmm. infused. He's from where Wisconsin? Wisconsin, and you know. Yeah, and he probably got respect because he was he a could good swim. athlete. Yeah. He could swim. Right. And had, again, finding something with a common denominator, right. a like-minded person, and right. And Duke was surfing, and yeah. he was like, "Whoa!" What's and you know, those guys were leashless. They were cut like they were chiseled because they were Olympic swimmers, and yeah. they were and carrying fucking carrying their board, 60, right. sixty pound boards. Yeah, so chunking uh, it in the winter time. <laughs> right. So anyway, I just I, I feel blessed with all that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so moon doggies. That's it. Uh, what you say, 86, yeah. mm-hmm. and your first big line was Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. What boards? Uh, what? It's funny. So John O'Connor, who I'm with here today, uh, big inspiration. He's in my life. He's, uh, he does so much artwork for me, and he's, we've been partners in, in business uh, since, since day one. Really? And he actually came and worked at the shop. He worked at Laguna Surfing Sport with the EJ. Yeah. And his brother and sister lived up in, in the e- Central Coast. EJ or LSS was already open, right? They're yes. 82. Yeah. So you were a couple years behind. Right. And then those guys came up. So so okay. John came up first. His brother and sister lived up here. He comes from a big family, Irish Catholic, um, in Colombia. His mom's Colombian. And uh, he gave me a lot of, you know, he's a smart guy. He gave me a lot of stuff. And so we first came, came, uh, started carrying Stuart surfboards. Yeah. And those things broke so quickly to so many customers, especially up in our area, that yeah. I just go, I can't carry these things anymore. So, um, you know, we, we... Why is that? Because I don't know. They were probably because, you know, I think back then, Stuart was making really nice boards and they were great for maybe the uh, San Onofre, but... The San, the mushy, soft, softer, soft waves. Yeah, softer yeah. waves. Uh, maybe the glass jars weren't all that great. I, I don't know. But it never really did great for us. Yeah. Uh, so then we transitioned into CIs and then uh, Parmenter started shaping boards after he got off the tour. You know, he went to work with Rusty, and Rusty taught him, and we just we were the first guys to ever carry Dave's boards. We were the first surf shop to ever even carry Parmeners, and for all I know, Dave's off the radar right now, but... Um, Is, was it know. straight off Aleutian, Aleutian Juice? Aleutian Juice, yeah. yeah. 
So I got behind Dave. We had a long-standing relationship and backed his boards from day one. Cool. And so nice. um, kind of that's how where that went. And um, yeah. And then I, I think no matter how big your shop is, you know, or how you know successful it is, you still have to have that balance of those well-known like kind of global brand surfboards mm -hmm. and you got to have represent the local shapers yeah, yeah you know we're, we're a little different in that um we have kind of a tourist base I, I just it's almost like a it's hard for young kids on the central coast yeah the waves are not there's no point breaks yeah so the ability to start at a young age is much more challenging unless you have a parent that's willing to drive down mm -hmm. to santa barbara yeah, yeah, you know, so um, it's just tougher, yeah. and so we don't sell a lot of the, um, Hard the high performance, high performance shorts. Yeah. That's it's, you just don't. Yeah, and so um, mid lengthers. Right. So and Parmenter always understood that. Yeah. He always understood that you needed more foam on the Central Coast because yeah. you got wetsuits, you got booties, the waves are thicker. So that's always helped. And then um, right now we we just got plugged in with Tyler Warren. Nice. Cool. And his boards are, are doing real well, so that, that's been nice. But um, there's we, so many damn good shapers now. Yeah. yeah. You there know, is. like it's crazy. Yeah, we talk about this all the time. I'm all, man, everybody has good boards out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, we, and, go ahead. And you don't need to go to a surf shop to buy a board anymore. No. Yeah. Let's face it. You yeah. know, yeah. The, the internet's allowed individuals to go directly to a, um, a shaper. And I, it's like I always told Parmenter. I go, being a shaper is being a psychologist. Yeah. <laughs> or a bartender. Yeah. <laughs> or, Even better. Or a bar, Thank you. Or my barber or, or yeah. an ex-girlfriend. What can right. I do you for? Girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> right. What do you have today? Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you how I surf. Yeah. And um, can you make me a board? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's been funny. It's an interesting dynamic, a, a surfer-shaper relationship. Or yes. So, so uh, tell us, were you um, successful right off the bat or did it take a couple of years um what, what kind I, didn't of, uh... I didn't expect much you know so i i lived a meager lifestyle so we were successful right off the bat but we weren't getting rich yeah. you know we were just we were paying, paying bills. bills and then going on surf trips yeah paying bills and going on surf trips that's all i wanted to do and so we did it you know and the hardest thing was honestly letting go and saying i'm out of here for three weeks so you guys run it yeah um because you don't know i mean it's your inventory right so um yeah, I think that that's basically it. You're only as good as the people you employ. Yeah, I don't give a shit. There's no ego involved at all. We run a shop, but I'm only as good as the people I employ. Yeah, yeah. period. Finding, finding good workers with, yeah. with good work ethic, but also people that are passionate and, and skilled because you are, right. you know, whether you're fitting wetsuits or surfboards right. or whatever, you, you have to hire. You can't just go hire. No. A somebody that's looking for a sales job. You got to hire within. Yeah. Right. And it goes back to authenticity of like, you know, bringing up that next generation of like, and going, this is how you sell. Going back what to, to what you're saying about selling a lot of hard goods and stuff and in, in where you are now. How long have you been in that uh, location? Well, you moved around a little bit. Right? I've been on that street for 34 years, Monterey Street. Okay. But that location I'm at now, I think I'm in my 13th year. Okay. Because, I mean, San Luis Obispo, it, it's not... It's a it's sort of a beach community, right? It's college town. But it's more more of a college town. Yeah. Well, San Luis Obispo is unique because agriculture. Because it it is uh, you're right the the college is there, but more importantly, it sits a little inland from the coast, 
So, you know, you can go to Pismo and surf, or you can go to Lososos and surf, or you can go to Cayucas or Cambria, right? Or north of Cambria. But the, envi- the, the climate in San Luis is superior to the coastal climates mm, because yeah. we yeah. get Your microclimates. northwest shit winds. They start Dog. in March and they don't stop till June. Yeah. And those are cold winds and they're shitty winds. So, in all honesty, the Central Coast is, for, for, for us, at a level of surfing, it becomes unsurfable yeah. in the spring. I mean, you can get out there early, but it's pretty shitty. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> changing of the seasons and you get that the ugly wind. Right. Yeah. Cold. Right. And I've always, uh, I've always enjoyed surrounding myself with people that surf better than me. And, and I love, you know, there's, there's a lot of grumpers in our area. Yeah. And uh, that's everywhere. Yeah. And um, I enjoy the the new youth that comes in, the college kids that come from, I, I, I embrace it. You come yeah. from Laguna and you rip and you're yeah. going to college. Hey, yeah, come on up. Yeah. Spread, the, spread the fraud. Spread it. Yeah. yeah. And, and show people like there's different ways to ride waves. There's different approaches. <clears throat> it never, um, never gets old for me to watch yeah. people better. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm never... Um, you know, I'm not. You see a little self, a little bit of yourself in that that younger generation yeah. of like, you know, hey, I could hopefully give this kids opportunity to, you know, either you know follow right. follow this path or at least, yeah, you know, live in it while they're, you know. And it's neat young. to see. Like my son went to Cal Poly and he's on the surf team and he got to meet all these kids from different parts of California and even the East Coast that got together and and you get to see these kids. They they. They love the Central Coast. Yeah, you know, kids that so grew up. Beautiful. Yeah, kids that grew up uh, surfing uh, uh, lowers and uh, Salt Creek. Yeah, and they come up, and the world like opens up. It's like holy shit! Like there's yeah. waves galore up here, you know. Yeah. And and to see them and feel like you know energized by it, I, I get a kick out of it. Yeah. I think it's yeah. great. Yeah, get, you know, get people out of their comfort zone, their bubble. Yeah. you know, it's like if you one, know, you're one only. Of, one degree of separation, but you know, we always yeah. talk about this is like, where'd you grow up? And oh, when I first surfed Newport, you know, I'm in Huntington, but you right. know, in Newport, and then you go to Lowers and you go, you know, as soon as you start branching first out, first time to Santa Cruz, I was like, what? Whoa. Same, same thing in Central yeah. Coast. I was like, what? Like, yeah. it's just that bubble opens up, and now, now right. you're in a worldwide bubble. And you're, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's one of our best friends is Scott Vanderipe. Oh, okay. You know, he's yeah, yeah. originally from Thousand Oaks or something like that, mm-hmm. and he's lived in Huntington. We, he was my neighbor. He lived around the block from me. Okay. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Dude, we're moving. We're we're go- going back to or going back to San Luis Obispo." And we're, I'm thinking, he'll be back, you know. And what is this fifth or sixth year now? Probably. Wow. And he just loves it up there. And yeah. It's like, we get it. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, it's a great place to live. But um, part of why we do this show, right? is because we want to, you know, we're both sales reps mm-hmm. and we want to promote the industry, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, surf shops are so crucial for our livelihood mm-hmm. being reps, mm-hmm. him for Ruka, me for mm-hmm. Known, mm-hmm. and it's surf shops that support yeah. not only us, right. but your local community. Right. Right. You talk about kids that come work for you. Right. Yeah. Like how many kids work for you? Like during oh, during man. the year, slow time, high time, you can have eight, probably eight kids working the floor during one one 
shift, right? Oh, yeah. So that part, um, that used to be, when I was younger, it was just so much, when I didn't have kids, it was so much a a part of my DNA. and, And I personally took so many of these kids and made them part of my family. Yeah. Um, Zach Hartley, uh, from, he's worked at Patagonia now. He used to work at Hurley. Yep. Chris Morrow. Yeah. Um, we John, had him on the show. Okay. Uh, John O'Connor. Chris is one of my favorite, Garth. favorite guys. Garth. Um, I've had Danielle Beck. She was big at Roxy. Yeah. Um, Who dated Chris for a little bit, right? He dated Chris. Chris, <laughs> Chris came up. Chris, just to let you guys know a little secret. Chris came up. Beautiful Chris Morrow came up from Laguna. And... Uh, dated two San Luis Obispo High School homecoming queens on different years. That guy? <laughs> hey, when, when, he had, when, he, when he had hair like me, man, it was a different game. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, he's, uh, it's Chris, you know? Chris has the most infectious yeah. smile. And he's before, down be, be, and he's smart. Before, and he, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's... he's before I knew Chris, there was a OP ran an ad with all those different smiles, yeah. and I just took all those clippings out and just said, "You need a pair of walk shorts? Come to Boondoggies. You know, could just like, and I yeah. put little things in each one of his mouth. Oh, really? Before I even knew him, <laughs> because he had it was him talking in the bubble. yeah, pretending yeah. for him to talk right, and yeah. he had so much charisma and uh, charisma. Yeah, what is it? Charisma. Yeah, he's charisma. Always, he's always no charisma. No, it's, it's charisma, but yeah. it's yeah. Chris. Charisma. Yeah. yeah, but Chris anyway, um, I, I, you know, for you guys and your podcast, and he and his podcast, it, it probably it works, you know, because sure. yeah. because the more info we have out there on our industry, because it's there, there's so much lost, it so is. much lost. It's like you're, you're it's like story time. And, right? and then going back to like how long you've been in business, and here you are just trying to since 1986. Huh. You're, but you're providing a, a livelihood of your passion and what you've done, but you know you're also you know yeah. giving giving so much to that youth that mm-hmm. are just maybe there for while they're in college or a summertime yeah. gig yeah. or whatever right. but to have them they're going to remember that as like one of their best yeah you're right ever growing how up. many well you guys know that oh, how many full-time employees years. do you have i think there's well full-time i probably have about five or six but um but part-time then, like 22 you know yeah dude uh, like, and so, multiply that over the mm, years that you've right. had, how many thousands of kids have right. you employed? Over to, 34 fucking years, right. or however many years it, it is. It used to be a lot rougher. Yeah. Right? I used to do things that today they would probably throw me in jail yeah. as a business owner, you know, honestly, because it was the surf industry back yeah, then. Yeah. You remember, you go to Narrabend and you change, and those kids would change in the car park in Australia. Yeah. And they would come back from surfing and their clothes would be on a flagpole up the very top. Yeah. They change out their weapons and they have abuse? no clothes. Yeah. Grom you know? abuse? Yeah, grom yeah. abuse. Yeah. And grom abuse is a real thing. I did, we did grom abuse. Yeah, in of course. Yeah. Kids Builds that were character. Yeah. We used to tie uh, kids that were it's, little brats and would tie them up with leashes and, and, a, and put them in a board bag and stick them in the back of the shop. It's, it's called respect and putting, your, and, and, right. and putting yourself... Those were the good right. old days. Those yeah. are the good old days. If I did that today, I'd be in handcuffs. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, it's like... And uh, I, think, I, I think that you it, take that context outside of the surf shop and it's about... What our parents did, right? Parents didn't hit us unless we did something really bad. Right. It's okay. Sometimes you need a little, right? A little yeah. wake up. Sure, know? it's okay sure. to be a little so, tough love. So tough love. I would a guesstimate of how many kids you have have employed over the thirty plus years that you've been doing business. I mean, wow. a couple thousand, right? Yeah, you know, I never even thought of it. Yeah, to be honest with you, right? Like, right. and and that is a lot of responsibility. 
right? Of, of paying bills, paying health insurance, paying whatever, right? Like all the insurances is to have a business, right? You yeah. took that upon yourself, which of course, you know, you, you, right. you're, um, you're, you're uh, building a business for mm -hmm. yourself, but inherently everyone forgets that you're also providing for other fucking people, other, right. that, yeah. that it's not a family member, it's it's a, a kid. Well, this that, is just Randy's shop and Randy's family or whatever, but it's no, it's a bigger no, picture right. than that. It's, Absolutely. There's it's a bigger, other right. families and right. other communities and that, right. you know, giving back to the sports teams, the schools, yeah, and everybody right. needs it's like a tree trunk and the branches that branch out. All right. those kids are branches, you know? Yeah. And let's not forget, though, the the role that the the forgotten part of the surf industry, which is the reps yeah. that represent lines, that, that they, you know, I think people don't understand, in my opinion, this is strictly my opinion, I think the surf industry owes more gratitude to the reps they don't give them insurance. You goddamn right, son. Did you hear that, people? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, you, you guys are. I'm in, not your rep, but I'd be the best damn rep yeah. for you. Ever. I mean, they're I was your rep. They're, they're so-called <laughs> independent contractors. Yeah, yeah. They don't have health insurance. Nothing. They they have to. People don't realize these guys have to pay for their own line, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And they have to go out on the road, and they have to show the line, and then they have to communicate with their shipping department that could be screwed up, or their management that could be screwed up. And deliver product, and yeah. not only not only tow the, the line, line with the retailer, yeah. but tow the line with the manufacturer. All the while, not having any sort of insurance policy that the money's coming yeah. and my insurance is going to be there. And yeah. to me, that is the biggest fallacy in the surf industry, and it needs to be corrected. Yeah, and it's it's not cool. It's it. I mean, I love because I grew up in surfing and I'm super fortunate to, to be where I'm at in life. And But I, you know, look back at my friends that became firemen or they started this business oh. or something. And I'm like, did I make the right, right decision, choice. right yeah. choices? Because of job security, like you said, right. and, you know, retirement plans and right. all of that. But, you know, I, I, I'm a surfer and, and, that, and that's, I mean, I We're am lucky so, though, yeah, right? so like, blessed and lucky to be in this environment and have relationships and the best thing I, I was told is like look I started Ruka when really really young and yeah I didn't know if it was gonna last a couple years or right. five, you know it was this brands come and yeah. go and they don't you know normally make it I was fortunate enough that stuck you, in yeah. it and they made it but you know it doesn't matter you're not selling the brand you're selling your relationship with right. those retailers and right you know if you're a good business you know, savvy yeah. person and, and you're responsible and you follow up and you have a nice communication, mm -hmm. you could sell anything, right. you know, and, those, and most likely the stores are going to, you know, turn around and support you, whether it's a startup brand. Well, you want to do business that you want to do business with people you like, right? Yeah. Sure. Well, you want to do business with people you like, but you know, there's another side of the coin where it's no different than a grocery store. That product's got to turn. Yeah. You know, and if it doesn't turn fast enough, then there's that... When you're paying, you know, uh, $14,000 a month in rent in a location, you got to move some product. Yeah, move. You know, you got to yeah. move shit. And if that's if that t-shirt or that those outfits don't yeah. turn quick enough, then it's unfortunate, but yeah, it is cutthroat. Sure. Yeah, you're running but, a business. Right, but um, you just hope that that not only the reps are working with you, but you know the distribution channels clean and you know all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? And uh, a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts, but I do think 
that yes, you're exactly right. We are fortunate. You guys are fortunate to be in the surf industry, but don't sell the fact that you are a vital clog to everything happening in the surf industry. And yes, just because you're fortunate yeah. doesn't mean you should get ripped off. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know? for sure. No, it's, I, it's it's in this day and age, it's harder and harder to, you know. We're working a lot harder for less money Absolutely. because of the distribution channel shrinking and yeah. overhead of cost of running right. business and insurance right. size and lines and stuff. And you know, and your accounts are shrinking. Yeah, and the, you know, but the show is not about reps. The show is about moon doggies. Yeah, it I is. Know. But, I know. <laughs> but, 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 but moon doggies understands. It's a the, relationship. No, we, the relationship. We're yeah. stoked that you, you know, recognize that. No, for yeah. sure. And, and it doesn't get we, brought up. And I ever. and I'll tell you something. Willie Morris came off the tour. Great surfer, great as surfer. you guys know. Yeah, and um, you know he gave it his all, yeah. and, and it took a toll on him. It honestly took a toll on Willie. And I, I always feel, you know, I just feel like the industry was a little unkind to Willie. Yeah, and I think it was good in some respects, but I think that you know, I think it needs to change a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we talk about this, and we've inter- interviewed, you know, guys like Matt Archibald and, mm-hmm. you know, Gurr, and, and it gets brought up amongst that, those, how, gener- those different generations. How can generations. the industry take care of its own, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, you need, these are people that were in every magazine cover, every two-page spread. Sure. They were the pulse of, of everything cool yeah. for hey, a I, decade I, or longer. I profited off them. Yes. Let's and, face it. Yeah. You know, you you know, and, and yeah, you need new youth, and you need the the brand to stay relevant for that younger generation. But these other forefathers or these other yep. ge- older generations still need to be involved and still be respected and and yeah. participate at some level. You know, they need to be somebody needs to hook them up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just I, I'm grateful as you guys are. Uh, I feel very fortunate as a as a human to be involved in to me something that's very spiritual. I think surfing goes way beyond riding waves. For yeah. sure. And um, I think it's uh, the fact that we are so in tune with nature. I feel so blessed. I've got my kids surfing. Um, to How me, many kids you got? I have. I, I took. I, I, I've got three kids. Um, one one boy I took in, and uh, adopted. Yeah. Well, okay. they didn't really formally adopt. We just yeah. took him in. He was having a hard time with his family, yeah. and we we Good embraced him. That's cool. Um, but uh, That's really cool. But they all surf, and it's very important for me because my youngest son, um, you know, especially with COVID, yeah, uh, they're on the computer too oh. much, and it's gnarly. It's crazy. And so I just see where our, where humanity could be headed yeah. with this computerized screen business, and it's not healthy. It's, it's not healthy. No, at all. You need interaction human contact right you know and and the for as bad as COVID-19 has been it's been an absolute blessing that people have found the ocean yeah, yeah. because organized the sports, silver land yeah. silver lining in the pandemic absolutely yeah. people have uh, families have gotten organized sports taken away from them and you know what god bless them yeah. <laughs> because guess what it's not about chasing the ball around yeah it's about the nature yeah. and the 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 amount of people I see on the beach, yeah. the amount of first-time surfers that are coming to the shop, the amount of stoke I see on the first-time surfers has rejuvenated me. Yeah, yeah. You and, know? And, it, and, and when they get hooked, it's it's not because it's you know just outdoors and it's right. kind of like the waves. 
it is a feeling that overwhelms you when you're gliding on a wave that yeah. changes you forever. Yeah. And you figure out like, how do I do this more? How do I create a life of doing that more? And that's obviously yeah. your goal. Yeah, our Jay, goal. Jay, you couldn't have said it better. Yeah, honestly, that that is the that's it. But, like, feel the flow. And, yeah. and and it's interesting too. Is it's it's so hard. Surfing's so hard to get good. Anybody can yeah. go out and learn, but yeah, you could take these collegiate type. You know, did I say it right? Collegiate. 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 Yes, there you go. See, yeah. he always he always corrects me because I uh, yeah. slur. But maybe they're super fit and they're like the, right. the the badass on the field or the court or whatever, right. and then they go on the water and they're just humble flopping and, yeah. and humble. And yeah. they, yeah, I, I think it's really addicting even for for those guys right. that get humbled that are right. like and, what? And, and like I tell my my youngest son, I said, hey, surfing's no different than a video game. Yeah, you have to read the ocean. You got to figure out. What direction that wind chop's coming at, yeah. and which one's the one to ride, and which one's not, and it's a constant test of your mentality, and can you stay in the zone? Yeah, and you gotta you be know, very perceptive. You know, yeah, and you got to read the tides, you got to read the weather charts. It's nature, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, um, hey, I'd be a shitty surfer if I just lived in the central huh. coast and surfed those waves all the time. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's part of why I traveled the world is because I'm trying to push myself. Like, yeah, and it's the best non-workout you'll ever get. Good yeah. point. You know, like I don't lift weights. No, I don't go to, to the gym. No, you go surf and you're like, next day you're like, why is everything in my body hurt? Right, <laughs> right. You know, I I look at guys like yourselves and then Steve Mendelson, Bobby Lockhart, yeah. and uh, Jay Lightburn, and you know those guys are Jones and they go surfing. Yeah. You know, it's it's in We're them. Frothers. Like you see it, you yeah. Know, yeah. And those are the reps I love. Yeah. yeah you know, sure. if a rep ever called me up and said, hey, I can't make it because I'm getting surfing. out of the water right now, that was going off. My hat's off. Yeah. Like, yeah. please, yeah, reschedule. I don't care. Yeah, you know that's. Uh, we got we got a different type of board meeting going on. <laughs> like here, right? Yeah, you guys right. had an ultimate right. board meeting today. Yeah, I mean, this is what it's all about. I took a couple of my uh, employees that have been with me for a long time because. You know, quite frankly, when I was younger, I used to take everybody to the Mammoth and go snowboarding once a year. Yeah. And I can't do that with a family because you got too many responsibilities. Yeah. But so every now and again, I try to get something like this where yeah. just invigorate them, you know. Yeah. yeah. And another couple things we want to remind people, you know, not only you have full-time employees, sometimes you supply health insurance, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And all the countless donations and fundraisers right. that For you, sure. yeah. you know donate oh, yeah. to it's uh, like we, we, we love to get behind schools you know we do the south county Roy grande we do san Luis high school yeah. um try to always donate to schools try to donate to cal poly try you know just try it's to help out in your yeah. community and yeah. and you need that local community support to stay in business as yeah. much as the tourists and the well, like you guys know parents. you get to know the parents yeah. right parents are coming in their kids we have second generation yeah. family yeah. shopping and you know you get the bro discount, 20% off, you know, who cares? It's yeah. like, yeah. you just stoke people out. Like, they're going to go into freaking, you know, Gap or Anthropology and get 20% off because they show their face, you know, or, twice a month or, or something. Or is Amazon or, or yeah. you know, are they going to be doing right. a surf event down so, at the beach right. and doing it, you know? It's, no. This, this uh, episode is going to launch this Friday. Okay. And, um, you know, in the heart of the holiday season. Mm. And it's kind of perfect that you're we're interviewing you because you are a small independent business mm -hmm. surf shop that supports your community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
this is we've been hitting this hard every every time we get somebody that's a surf shop you know last time we had brian heritage a couple weeks okay. ago and it's like you know we launched his uh, on black right before black friday and we want to remind people instead of fucking clicking on amazon or right. direct to consumer uh e-com sites get off your lazy fucking ass and go down to moondoggies well that's very right nice. that's very nice of you um yeah, yeah i mean you got to do what you got to do. But if, you know, we have surf DNA and we're part of the surf culture one way or the other, if you want to be a part of it, we'd love to have you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can, you can buy anything you want on Amazon. You're exactly right. But when you're buying from local shops, whether it be us or any other shop in our area, you're, you're helping support. Like you said, you're helping support and give back to the community because we give back to the community and you're also supporting the kids that are working there and the kids that are local kids that live there, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. so instru instrumental to have, you know, that teenage job and collecting sure. your first check, but also work somewhere again where you, you can get you're not intimidating, yeah. you got yeah. a cool boss, you yeah. got a cool atmosphere. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. And who knows where the road leads, right? Yeah. I mean, look at, look at Chris's path. Well, you, look at, look at your path. You guys worked at Huntington Service Sport, yeah. correct? And that opens up doors. It does. You know, and that's and, the number one question when we get asked from just you know, kids, other parents, or, or just right. anybody, how did you, how did you get, get in that industry? It sounds like so awesome. And like, yeah. you know, wow, you're a rep or a cool brand. And yeah. you know, it's, it's being in the industry since right. I was 10 when I started surfing or even, right. you know, and then getting that first job and then, you know, lots of doors open and right. it's, you know, it's being respectful, it's knowing your roots, being cool, you know, and, right. and just, it just, and I, and I plan, I mean, open. my, my, my goal is to pass it on down to my kids. I don't, I'm not interested in selling out. Yeah. I want to pass it on to my kids and, let the, so thing, cool, and let the thing keep going. Yeah. Legacy. And, yeah. And keep it going and keep the vibe going. And, yeah. Are they, are they, sorry, are they involved quite a bit at the shop? Uh, my oldest just graduated, graduated. And so, yeah, he's totally getting involved. He's actually running the, the online Moondoggy sales. Thank just our know. own brand. brand. Yeah. We don't sell anything else at this oh, point. Oh, good. I thought you said he's no. going to start selling cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my 13-year-old, who knows? But he, he sounds like he's interested. But who yeah. knows? You, know, yeah. you don't want to force anything on anybody. But you're exposing them to the lifestyle right. that brought so much happiness to you right. just to have them be able to and we like, travel as a family something. surfing yeah. around yeah. the world you know that's yeah. part of what we do and yeah and uh that's yeah. why you do it that's why we do it you that's know why you do it. right yeah well shoot this is yeah. perfect timing for yeah. Uh, yeah it's beer 30 beer 30 for, for closing it out thank you kelly hey. thank you for the kelly for the awesome this is the other this is the other chaos yeah, yeah. kelly sorensen i had it first oh <laughs> hey thanks so much for uh inviting us and giving us this opportunity yeah. to oh, say yeah. Randy and yeah. you guys and hopefully a couple waves tomorrow. And Kyle overheard it. Did, did you mention your my Platts rep back in the day? Oh, oh no. no. No, I didn't. But uh, You were a rep for Platts? Well I, well, I was trying to make ends meet. And so George Wells. Yeah. You remember George Wells? Uh, from He's originally hailed from the south side of Sydney. I want to say Marubra. He was a Marubra guy. And uh, George Wells came over, and we hit it off really well. And he asked me if I'd help him out and rep cool. the product for a bit. And that's why I'm always endeared to reps because yeah. I just know, you know what? You know it's what it takes. Not easy. Yeah. No. And I could not run a surf shop and be a rep at the same time. I found that out within three months. Yeah. And said I can't do this. Yeah. But well, I, I think it's uh, what we love to talk about, and and 
it's all about authenticity, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's all about being genuine yeah. and authentic. And yeah. you know, if, if if you're in this industry, you better have some water coming out of your nose every once in a while. You're and, so right. And you better have like worked in a surf shop mm-hmm. or surf for a surf shop or whatever yeah because you know like you said like you just can't step in and be a no. cigar store indian yeah, yeah. there's no more just, <laughs> there's no more just add water yeah no, no really you water. you're yeah. out yeah yeah, yeah. You, get, you gotta put that on the pot and marinate yeah. it for yeah. a while you're so true but um but yeah i mean we again we always talk about roots where we we got our first start and mm-hmm. and how that opened up so many doors and you know within servant sport how many guys went into the industry sure. became reps or yeah. you know managing some companies or starting their own and it's just yeah. again it's just yeah getting that early yep. opportunity but we, you know the reason why like i keep saying the reason why late night and chalky started is because we wanted to pay homage to the industry and to the surf shops that help support it and just hear the so, cool stories that yeah. like i mean great stories yeah, great yeah. stories on like how people got everyone. started and yeah. you know yeah everybody has a different path and a lot of them overlap and have similar stories and stuff sure. but the, the the deep down true root is i i'm just i'm a surfer and i want to do anything i can to get on the next surf trip and right. provide for myself and the family right but, you know how do how do i make that happen yeah right you know, well, I thank you guys. Or a surf shop or whatever. Yeah. I thank you guys for yeah. for doing what you're doing because honestly, you're putting part of history. You're building history by yeah. by doing things like this because there's no book written about it. And yeah. the surf industry really is, if you think about it, very young. It yeah. is, and you, you know, in your long history, and you've yeah. seen a you know couple of turmoil years, some mm-hmm. recessions, and now you're you know dealing with COVID and. You know, to be able to persevere through all of that and yeah. learn from each one from previous. Right. You know, how do we buckle what, down and what not live above your means? Makes you stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Right? For sure. Absolutely. But, well, also, too, kids don't read books anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know, ca- there's, the, there's the only, very few magazines, and I'm staring at a free surf and. Yeah, Mike Latron. Yeah, <laughs> the last. Yeah. Print. Magazine. Right. Yeah. It's good it's, point. Surf you know, we were talking. Well, Still, yeah. But that's yeah. But again, selling out to corporate and, and yep. then getting squeezed out, you know, at the sure. surfer and surfing, and now you get a membership for, you know, what men's health. Yeah. But um, but anyways, that's just past times, and it's like all my, you know, VHS tapes stored yeah. somewhere. Right. Right. <laughs> so let's wrap it up. Let's wrap um, it up and grab a beer and. Randy Adler, thank you so much for sitting down with us, yes. Moon Doggies. Congratulations if you're in San Luis Obispo. Stop by a store on Hagira. Uh, 837 Monterey Street, across from the Mission Church. You can, you can say a prayer yeah. and come in and shop. Yep. Cool. And thank you to Kelly Sorensen of On the Beach in... Monterey. Monterey. There's the Monterey. Yep. And Lamore. And, and Lamore. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Who's soon to be expanding. Thank, yeah, we're expanding Lamore five times a year. Thanks for inviting us and putting this together and yeah. um, getting Randy in front of us. Um, yeah, thank you, both you guys, independent uh, yeah. surf shop retailers. Yeah. Well, uh, Ke- it's funny, Kelly and I both started, I think, the same year. Yeah. I think he started maybe a little bit before me. But, April um, 24th, what do you got? I, yeah, no, you're right. And I, I didn't really open my doors till August 1st of 86. 
Yeah, but he went to college. Uh, to, <laughs> I, I, I went to college to to drink beer. Yeah. Um, but uh, I get lit. I mean, <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, I will. I I just wanted to say one more thing. During COVID nineteen, as a business owner, it's very tough because you, you got to provide for yourself. Yeah. And you can't close your doors. And you got the governor telling you you got to shut down, and you know certain entities. And Kelly and I were on the phone constantly, and he was really a good mentor for me to keep my doors open and go against the grain, but do it respectfully yes. and do it with, you know, do it with, be smart about it. Yeah. And we conversed, and uh, we were, I think, one of the first two surf shops in the, the I'll call it the Central Coast because we're kind of both in the Central Coast area yeah. of California that actually kept our doors open. Yeah, cool. and we were closed for three or four months, three or four weeks, but. Yeah. You know, we we bucked the trend and said no. You know, this is there's a demand. Yeah. And if people are going into Costco to buy soft tops and wetsuits, yeah. By God, we're going to keep our doors open. Yeah. And I got threatened by the uh, code enforcement of City of San Luis, and I just told them, you know, constitutionally, you guys don't have a leg to stand on. So uh, come on down to bring whatever force you want to try to close me. We're not closing. Yeah. I, I think Rage Against the Machine said it best. Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me. Thank you. <laughs> well, in my store, I was just going. Okay, cops are shopping in my store. Yeah. City council members are shopping in my store. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, hey, take twenty percent. Yeah. Off it's like, hey, yeah. There you go. Add twenty percent on there. No full price. Always. <laughs> so but, uh, yeah. together we made it through, and and uh, now we're here, and 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 thank you guys for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I don't mean to keep fucking buttering you guys up but thank you for what you guys do for each of your communities yeah. and our livelihoods thank yeah. you thank you peace all right thanks dude thanks for tuning in we hope you enjoyed the show Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 